Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. My name's Luke. My name's Ross. And welcome to episode 35 of The Naked Student. So, Ross, why did we set up The Naked Student podcast? This is a very good question, my friend. Let me tell you. We want to offer a stripped-back approach to student life and to also discuss the problems that affect all young people. Yeah, look, we face most of the topics that we discuss and we understand we just want to make it a bit more accessible for younger people. As always, Instagram. To be. Uh, Instagram is the naked student underscore. Very easy to remember. Yes. And now we've taken our Insta game to a whole new level. I mean, we're talking nine out of ten now, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'd, I'd say more seven or eight. Oh, maybe if I'm, I'm being, being realistic. Optimistic. But yeah, yeah. But it's the best place to find us. Obviously, every episode we're doing doing polls as well try and put up cool stuff uh, books that we read um so best place to find us and what else do we have we have a twitter page we and what do. is our handle for twitter it is at tns underscore podcasts although uh, we've actually lost four followers <laughs> yeah uh, well i think <laughs> Which, that's because uh, it is informative on there which is it? frustrating but yeah yeah it's informative. So if you want to, you know, as you said, find articles that we uh, follow on from our uh, pieces that we do, then that's the best place to go. Uh, one final thing that I wanted to say was if you're enjoying these podcasts and you become an avid listener of Ross and myself, then we'd really appreciate you going to Apple Podcasts and, and giving us a rating. It helps yeah. us go up the charts and obviously just makes us feel feel good when we see feel the reviews. Feel good about ourselves. Five star would be preferable as well. It's the only choice. You know, you can be honest. You can scrutinise. Yeah. Uh, But that would be very much appreciated if you have two spare minutes to write a review uh, and leave a rating for the Naked Student Podcast. But remember, you can only do it once. Mm. So So don't joke around. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's not. You can't amend it. No. But for episode 35, we are going to focus on a very, very serious issue and that is the issue of sleep exactly uh it's something that just we all know about we all know why it's important without really delving into them and we've covered it a a tiny bit in the earlier episodes regarding uh smartphone addiction uh, and alcohol consumption yeah we did mention it we want to do an episode a standalone episode on sleep and why it's so important so for a brief overview as always you know, the first half, Ross and I are going to talk about personal experiences. We always feel like this is the best way to just gradually engage you, uh, is to talk about uh, yeah, the personal side of it all. So it's such an important pillar of health, you know, both mental and physical. And Ross and I have both struggled um, over our time with sleeping. Obviously, it can be very difficult at uni when you're going out quite a lot. So, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can, can empathise with that as well. Uh, so we thought it'd be an interesting place to sort of start. There's also a lot of stigma around sleep. You know, you think people are lazy if they sleep for a long time. So hopefully this aims to break that down as well. After some quite wonderful pointless facts. Pointless facts of the day. They're going to be good. Um, we're going to go more into the scientific side of it, the facts, the stats. That's the what we facts, feel. The figures. Yeah, we, we feel that's the best way to, yeah. to go about it, don't we? Um, open it up in the second half. So, uh, focusing on Matthew Walker, you know, he's written, uh, written, oh my God. Written. You had enough sleep. <laughs> 
Uh, he's written a fantastic book. He's at the forefront of scientific study into sleep. So we're going to talk a lot about what he does. Um, and hopefully it just engages you and it makes you start to prioritise your sleep if you don't already. Because that's something that, that we both want to do more, having researched into this topic, don't we? Mm, definitely, yes. So, yeah, we hope you find this, this topic engaging because we know it's made us think a lot, just mm. having read into it a lot. Um, so should, should we start? Yeah, definitely. Well, I think everyone knows sleep is important, mm. but it's kind of a, a kind of topic that isn't discussed enough, I think. Exactly right. I don't think people are aware of the implications that uh, a lack of sleep can actually have upon the person. So as I said to you earlier, I, I view it as a kind of a Trojan horse in the mental health debate. So I feel people dislike talking about mental health, but poor sleep both a cause and as well as an indicator of mental ill health is not subject to the same stigma. Yeah, that's a very interesting point, mm. actually. I like that idea of a Trojan horse, covering it up, you know. Um, it's not what it seems, almost. Mm. I think there is an issue with the, the vicious circle, if you like, of sleep and having, a, you know, uh, suffering slightly from depression or anxiety because when you have uh you know you're going through depression you're going through anxiety you find it hard to sleep and then if you find it hard to sleep then it might link to that mm. so it says how do you break that well, you even circle? sleep too much don't you yes um that's another thing people spend a lot of time especially at uni i felt mm. uh, in their room sleeping a lot which can also be quite harmful to you Very I think it's a way of avoiding life in general it can be um, that's a very good point so yeah. he's trying to get that balance uh, you posed a question to me didn't you yeah I posed many, many questions well, yeah we had a very in-depth chat question the meaning of life for a good yeah. half an hour before uh, before this podcast but yeah what, what question in particular were you um, about the amount of sleep yeah so a question from from doing this research and just general life um, is there such thing as too much sleep that's a very good question is there, you know, what is the limit? If, if someone's sleeping for 11 hours, there must be a reason for that, surely. Mm. You know, no one just, like, willingly sleeps. I mean, I know when I've, you know, had some had some difficult periods, I'd sleep for a long time, but obviously my body kind of needed that. Yeah. It wasn't like I was waking up and going, like, nah, I'm just going to lie in bed now. I was conked out for, like, 10, 11 hours. But is that too much? But I think, do you have the opportunity to sleep that much? No. That's another big thing. So, obviously, at the moment, we're... We've not got a job that starts at nine o'clock, for example. So I feel if you don't have anything to get up for, you do tend to sleep more, which can then have adverse effects on your mental health, for example. That's as an interesting not, point. Because you're not doing as much, you're not keeping yourself busy, perhaps. So uni, for me, I slept a lot, but I think that was partly due to the late nights. Yes, I mean, going out a lot. Going out, drinking as well, that definitely doesn't help my sleep, personally. Well, I think we're going to interrogate that idea of, like, why does work in school and all that start at nine? Like, who just went, yeah, that's the time? And why does no one question that? What is time? Okay, that's that can be the next podcast. <laughs> what is time? Uh, but, yeah, I think we're going to interrogate that side of it more in the second half. I think for this, you know, as you said, like, at uni, you know, going out and issues with that has a really adverse effect on your sleep. And I remember you sent me this this triangle 
um, it was like a semi meme that wasn't very funny. It, you know, the, the, the triangle of you have social work and sleep, and you okay, can only yeah, have yeah. two from this triangle. You mm. can't have all three, it's unattainable. So you have to choose at different times what you are going to prioritize. So, obviously, social and sleep, as you said, you're going out and then you sleep a lot, and then da da da. But then when you work, but then sorry, your work will mm. will decline probably the amount of work you put in, or you do the work in social and then you have like three hours sleep. Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting because at yeah. uni I think a lot of people will be like, yeah, you know, especially first and second year when you probably have to go out mm. more than usual. Yeah, well, another another argument to that is that they actually all blend into one another nowadays mm. due to technology, social media, smartphones. You can literally work 24-7, 365 days a year, can't you? You can That overlaps potentially into your social life. Mm. So then you find it difficult to really separate them, mm. which I think induces more stress and you find it more difficult. So you get home from work, you want to really like switch off, aren't you, and have a break from it. But instead you're looking at your smartphone, reading emails or yeah. sending messages and that really detracts from your social life for them that then encroaches into your sleeping patterns yeah so i think they all kind of blend into that's one a very good point yeah um unfortunately but that's just the way it goes at the moment that specifically at uni i think you know even if you're saying right i don't have as much work to do at the moment so my social life and my sleep are going to be the two things that are you know going to be a big part of my life if you're getting out a lot the quality of sleep that you're going to get is going to be terrible that's the other thing it affects rem sleep you know your deep sleep if you're drinking um, and, th- and that's the other side of it. Like, just because you're sleeping for a, a longer period of time, you might be getting nine hours, it, it won't necessarily be beneficial as such. It's, yeah, it's quality, isn't it? The quality, the quality of, sleep. of sleep is so important. Is it better to get a shorter amount of quality sleep or a longer amount of, let's say, less quality sleep? What do you reckon? There probably is some science behind it. I'm just Matt, not sure. On that. Matthew Walker's sort of goes into it a little bit mm. that it's all about quality, but it depends how much you're talking. You know, if you're saying three hours of quality, yeah, I think it takes yeah. your body quite a long time just to get into that deep sleep mode. You don't just like fall asleep and then you're whisked away. You are, you know, it takes a few hours to get into the deep sleep. So mm. you'd, you'd have to argue that probably longer because it, if it's four hours you probably only just be getting into it. How do you know you have good quality sleep, though? Yeah, there are probably apps for it. I think there are. I think there are apps, to be fair. But that's the difficulty, isn't it's it? It's an you, app, yeah, again. You don't yeah. know how much you know, decent sleep you are getting. But going back to the Trojan horse uh, example that I used, I, I feel that sleep is almost a social currency. So, for example, how you slept last night is a water cooler conversation isn't it it's kind of breaking the ice very good point yeah so you know when you walk into work or school you're like oh I didn't sleep very well last night it's just that kind of ice breaking chat yeah you're right which doesn't have the same stigma or importance to be honest than a lot of other mental health issues I pose a question to you and all of the listeners when was the last time you woke up and felt genuinely genuinely refreshed okay uh, Can that, you remember it? Yeah, yeah. It was last Wednesday. Really? Yeah. Last Wednesday you, know you woke why? up. Go on. Was it two Wednesdays ago? I can't remember. It's all played into one. 
It was when we went down to Henley. Yeah. Because I literally went to sleep, not even into bed, slept at half eight. Yeah. And I, I mean, got I must have fourteen hours of sleep. And you just felt good when you woke up. Yeah, I think it was more of a psychological effect of actually knowing that you went to bed yeah, early yeah. and you wake up and you almost feel the need to feel yeah, yeah. more refreshed. That if makes you get sense, me. So yeah. I have this mental block or weird mental thing that I know if I go to sleep past, let's say, half 12, 1 o'clock, no matter, even if I get 11 hours sleep, the next day I will still feel tired because I've known I went to bed at 1 o'clock, which is late. Mm-hmm. It is. You get me? It's You're like very psychological. Right. Um, you know, on that point, actually, uh, you know, having discussed uh, with my friend Hannah prior to this episode about this topic, and you know, it's a topic that means a lot to her. You know, there is a serious epidemic of sleeping problems among young people. You know, you've just said you go to bed at one. I've I've been going to bed late for my entire life. That is incredibly late. When you say it like that, you're like, oh my god, I go to bed at twelve thirty, one o'clock. So. You know, a lot of it is connected to not being able to switch off before bed. So you'll be, you might be in bed for ten. That's what I try and do: go to bed, uh, be in bed for ten, ten thirty. But then, you know, some of so much of these sleeping issues are connected to your uh, to your phone. You know, you're just going on your phone for a couple of hours or watching something, blue light, and just not being able to switch off. You're not switching off, are you? Your bedroom should be a place where you you it's for rest for rest and for rest entirely, for relaxation. Mm. But instead, you know, something that I've done for too long in my life is make it a place where I actually, my brain's going. My brain's going because I'm, I'm, my phone's there. You leave your phone next to your bed and then when you stop going on social media or whatever, you're thinking about it, it's mm. there. And then you can't sleep and then you're like, oh, I'll just go on it again. And it, it's created this issue. You're not switching off, you're not, you're not going internal you're going external almost. And you're at the wrong moment. Exactly, the wrong yeah. moment. And I think it's a very serious issue among young people. It's not, you know, when you get older, you start to somewhat prioritise your sleep before you have kids and mm. whatever. You start to realise the importance of sleep. But when you're in that age bracket of, I'd say, 16 to to our age, you know, you're right about, like, sleep. Sleep is, like, this stigmatised thing. Yeah. and like, switching off and, like, going, you know, sleeping for eight hours a night is, like, not cool. Yeah, exactly. But it's That's probably it. one of the most fundamental, uh, important aspects yeah. of our life. You need to refresh, don't you? Make your mood so much better. Yeah, Genuinely. Yeah. Just but it's that, it's that temptation, like you're saying, of the smartphone, for yeah. me personally especially. I think, especially after school, you wouldn't go on it as much and you get back and you you know you speak to everyone, you do Twitter rounds, Facebook rounds, Snapchat rounds. Then I feel that encroaches into when you need to switch off, and switching off is the hardest part. So I've, I have most of my not deep conversations, but meaningful conversations over message at night for some mm. weird reason, it's, which it's, then stimulates your brain. And like you're saying with REM sleep, REM sleep's very difficult to achieve when you um, have various emotions yeah. essentially from looking at social media speaking yeah. to people you start thinking about that you start th- you know, thinking about all these big questions and you see something on twitter yeah, like yeah. a cute dog even yeah, or a, a sad video and then that can really interfere with your quality of sleep completely right man i mean the existential crisis to me like as soon as i lie down i'm like oh god it's begun 
you just think about everything and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will be the same where you lie down and life just suddenly hits you or whatever and you you can't switch off Mm. so you know it's not easy it's a skill I'd say to be able to sleep and switch off I think they're in the same category um and like scrolling, you know, I'm the same. I just scroll pointlessly and then I'm like, what am I actually doing? Every I'm night. I'm just scrolling. Every night for me. And then the blue light, you know, if you, you wake up bleary-eyed. Mm. You're there like, oh, because your body's told that it's the light. Yeah, it mimics daylight, doesn't it? Exactly. It? And yeah. like, just because you can turn your phone to flux, you know, you can change it to like orange. It's still not as beneficial as just not going on it. Yeah, and it suppresses um, melatonin, doesn't That's it? That's it, yeah, yeah. Um, which if you don't produce enough of, you can't experience tiredness. And even insomnia, obviously, I've not experienced insomnia, but that's a, that's oh, a huge have. thing, have you? Yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, so, like, something that obviously we're going to explore are the, mm. the, the personal sort of issues that we've had to deal with in our recent years, but that is the thing that keeps me up at night. I mean, I'll be completely honest, this week, uh, well, we're setting a challenge for all of our listeners, aren't we? But this week I've been leaving my phone outside of my room and that has meant that I've had to confront these thoughts and it was really hard and today last night was the first time when it was actually slightly easier for some reason Mm. like just confronting these these difficulties thinking because why why are you going on your phone and stuff because you don't want to think I think that is genuinely it because you don't want to think about these things so it's hard like the first few days are going to be really difficult to sleep but then it will become it's like a habit it's getting into a routine, isn't it? That's like, it. like with anything. Um, no, I, I, I quite like that. I might try that, you know. Breaks the anxiety, you know. Going on your phone, social media it keeps your brain anxious. That's what I. That's I'll what I think. What, I've been on my phone a lot over the past, let's say, week. I have, and I know that because it's to do with work. Yeah. And designs for the next student and stuff like that. But I can really tell. You'd only been on your phone for a couple of hours, like you don't even notice the time. You're right, yeah. And you look up and your eye, your eyes are out of focus, and you just feel weird. You feel and dazed. Floaty, yeah. yeah. And I've really, I've noticed that. I've carried on doing it purely because of the for you guys, for the naked student, for that obviously for content. Content. But yeah, you can definitely, definitely feel it. And also, I was going to ask you. Go on. Have you ever taken sleeping pills? So after the. Uh, issue, <clears throat> you know, I don't want to go into it now, but we will. Uh, that, that I had to personally go through uh, a couple of years ago. I had to because I just didn't sleep. Okay. At all. I did just they, like, fully had insomnia. No, I, I only did it for a week. Um, they were obviously prescribed to me by the doctor, but no, because I'd wake up and I felt groggy. I felt more tired. The next day, I couldn't remember anything from the day before, yeah. for God's sake. Yeah. So I, I did it for a week just purely because I needed to, because I just was not sleeping. Okay. But then after that, I was like, no, nah, I'm not going near them. I mean, mm. what about what about yourself? Well, I've never never taken any form of sleeping uh, pills or anything. But I think the issue with them, like, I think this with a lot of medicine, people might disagree with me but they're not actually dealing with the problem at source. Mm-hmm. They just kind of mask the symptoms. So you Very really good. want to be able to sleep on your own without having to take anything to help you. Then it becomes a bit of like a, a kind of... You depend on it then, don't you? And if you don't have them, then you definitely won't be able to sleep. That's a very good So if good you go point. on holiday and you forget them, for example, how are you going to sleep without them? But that's, that's up for debate. That's um, a very good point. Though. I think getting to that root of the problem, the source, is. 
You know, I was yeah. like that mindfulness versus mindlessness. It's something that we did with the phone. Yeah. Mindfulness. You know, just think. First few days are going to be tough. Mm. Don't try and distract with um, with the phone or, or whatever. Or, you know, if you have insomnia with, with sleeping pills, try and just have a couple of days where yeah. it might be a bit harder and, and confront it. And then it will be, it'll become an easier thing to do, to switch off, to wind down after a long mm. day. It's a really tough skill. Yeah, 100%. I think in the business world especially, it's very, very difficult. Yeah. But I did read somewhere that a new tool has been introduced. It's called Sleepio. Have you heard of it? Sleepio. Sleepio, no. yeah. So it's basically so. an automated way of delivering cognitive behavioural therapy for insomnia. And it's basically being offered to uh, employees to help problems with sleep. Um, so they, they kind of test you and they, they try and find the best way for you to sleep. And it, like you said, it's that kind of mindfulness approach, which I think is the new big thing. Because I think, uh, especially like I was saying earlier about the stigma behind uh, sleep and the lack of information about it, I don't mm. think that's driven enough, doctors especially, that there's not enough knowledge about it in order to make these informed decisions hence doctors giving these sleeping mm. pills etc mm. i really don't think it's looked on upon enough if that makes sense yeah yeah i think it's a lot like well it's as you said it's intrinsically linked to mental health but it's like giving pills uh for, for mental health rather than actually looking at the root cause as such you know yeah. it's, it's so yeah. easy to just be like right here you go Right, there you go. And sleep is such a pretty important thing. Try and learn how to wind down. Well, we did, Read. Um, yeah, exactly. So we did a poll last night, didn't we, on our Instagram page, which asked, how much sleep do you get? Yeah, Over seven hours? Or results? under seven hours? Do you want to know? Yes, please. Okay, so how many people voted 30... 41 people have voted so far. It's still going, so tap away. It'll probably be gone by the time we release this. Uh, But the results are 61% of our followers who voted get over seven hours of sleep. 39% under seven hours. The thing is, even with that, prioritise quality of sleep. Because yeah, like everyone yeah, gets, se- I think well, everyone gets seven hours. Said, it really, depends, depends what you do. So I've not, I've not had to get up early over the past few months. Well, early like being like six thirty type yeah, thing. I mean, yeah, it depends yeah. what early, what early means. But yeah, so I've not really had to get up. So I do get those seven hours. Whereas I know maybe if I get a nine to five job, not not saying that I don't have a job. Yeah. <laughs> But I probably will start having to get up earlier. And that might mean sacrificing things at night. So I get to bed at 10 o'clock. That's for old age, I reckon. That's for that's for your 30s. But prioritise quality of sleep. So we're just trying to get you to think, you know, at uni, something we experience so much, like time and time again, like day after day, having bad sleep, it will catch up on you. And it's something that is well within your power to change. Some yeah. other things, some external issues, no, they're not. But sleep, you can just go to bed. But you have to figure out a routine or something that helps you to wind down. And here at TNS, we are going to sort of do a suggestion for all of our listeners and for us as well. An experiment. Yeah, something that we, all, you know, we want you all to do because we, you know, we want to help people. That's fundamentally what we're trying to do. And, and what we want to say is for one week, 
leave your phone and any other electronic device outside your bedroom uh, from an hour prior to sleep. Jeez. Yeah, just for one week. That's not that long, okay? Um, and obviously, you know, do things like reading instead or, or whatever. But for one week, leave your phone downstairs, um, you know, have an alarm clock or have someone, if you can, wake you up if you struggle to wake up in the morning naturally. Um, and don't have a laptop or whatever one week and see the benefits. I, I said I've been doing it for the past sort of four to five days. And today was the first day when I've been like, wow, like I actually feel sort of different. I don't <laughs> feel blue. Feeling feeling it was like, you know, Mr. Blue Sky. Then you actually look outside and, and it's like, just, oh, it's just blue. And then my mood was yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Back to bed. Yeah. So one week, that is the TNS challenge we want to do. And we're going to do it as well. And in one week, we'll come back. And obviously, we, we want feedback on this. So yeah, if it has helped yeah, yeah. you, get in contact with us. You know, it will be beneficial. It might be a bit hard at first, but all worthwhile things are a bit hard at first. So, on that note, we want to do... Pointless, pointless facts fact of the day. day. Please, to not break another, up. please not another geography one. Please oh, not another you're geography in luck, one. Please not another geography Cause, one. Because it is. Oh, it's all I've got. Wow, Let me have it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, um, I should be revising. So Yeah. Well, okay, this one. I've been reading the same articles as you. Yeah, so you prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I've read that somewhere. Uh, right, so, so this one, God, I quite right. like this. Um, so for all listeners as well, obviously I love the geography interactive ones. I think they're the best pointless facts. Pointless geographical knowledge. Yes, please. So... My question today, China shares its border with how many countries? <clears throat> right, okay. Is it less than 10? No. Blimey, that's quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, Massive. I mean, you've got to think because it's yeah, of course. completely... I mean, it's huge. Is this linked to the article you read? Yes, somewhat, yeah. Yeah, yeah, about Mongolia. Yeah. Okay. Mongolia is one of the countries that borders it. Yeah. Um, but then there's there's a lot there's a lot more. Okay, right, twenty. <laughs> no, less than that. Fifteen. Very close. Sixteen. Wrong way. Fourteen. Bang bang bang. <laughs> Fourteen countries share its border share their borders with China. Pretty good, right? That's pretty impressive. Pretty, pretty nice. So there's your, there's your geographical pointless fact. So, Ross, do you have one? I do. Mine's not interactive. Mine's straight up <clears throat> just a fact. Go on then. So J.P. Morgan, yes, once offered a hundred thousand dollars to anyone who could figure out why his face was so red. Do you know why it was so red? Or is it well drinking cold weather? Is it silly? Is it trivial? Uh, maybe. Hmm. Why was it red? Was he? Had he been in under the sunbeds for two? Do you want to know? <laughs> Come on, then. No one actually knows. Oh, that's. <sighs> no one ever solved the mystery. Had J.P. Morgan. Yes. <gasps> dun dun dun. That was good. But yo. So there you go. <laughs> it's a pretty pointless fact. always a, an eclectic mix of pointless facts, but we know that you love them. Short and sweet. So we'll keep them coming with every episode. And that concludes this week's Pointless, pointless Facts of the Day. That was good. Some, yeah, right, let's go. I, liked I had it. something interesting to say, but I forgot what I was going to say. Very interesting. Well, question. second half 
as laid out at the start. We're going to get into it a little bit more. We've got, you know, the science behind it, the facts, the figures, as, as, as we like to get across. You know, the first half, we like to make it just a bit chatty and try and engage you and then bring you in in the second half to, yeah, sort of the heavier stuff, the meat of the discussion, as I like to say. So one man that is at the forefront of research into sleep is Matthew Walker, a man who many of you will have heard of, um, certainly in recent months. He, he wrote a best-selling book called Why We Sleep, which is really just quite excellent. Uh, he's done a superb TED Talk. I actually first discovered him through a three-part podcast that he did. Right. Okay. Uh, on, on, it's called The Peter Atiyah Drive. Mm-hmm. It's quite science-based. He goes into it a lot. But that was when I was like, yo, because he's a great speaker. That's right, the other thing. Okay. He's not just like <clears throat> this crazy science boffin. He is... Uh, actually, I think a boffin is a thing that reads uh, something to do with ships, actually. Uh, uh, sure. I'll give that a Or quick. it's an incredibly smart person, but boffin. maybe I'm thinking... How do you spell boffin? B-O-F-F-I-N. Let's have a look. Little tangent. <laughs> Little learning experience. Uh, a person engaged in scientific or technical research. Come on! He smashed that. He hit it out of the park. So what there you did go. you say you thought it was? If you learn anything... Yeah, no, no. Boffin. Well, Boffin, so he's a proper... He's, he's incredibly smart, basically. So sometimes when you have this image in your head of someone who's a really, really clever bloke or woman and they don't... They're not able to convey the message, you know, as well as you'd hope. He's brilliant. I'm not joking. The way he speaks is so engaging, so easy to listen to. Um, so his podcast, yeah, uh, and his book as well. I'd say definitely, definitely check him out to, to, to read more into the things we're going to suggest. Although it's important to know that it's definitely not something to listen to or read just before bed. Before you sleep. Because yeah. it is, you know, to an extent terrifying because uh, he goes through all the reasons why you need to sleep. Yeah. So you imagine reading this and it's like basically your physical health will slowly crumble and you're just like lying in bed like, I need to sleep, need yeah, to sleep, exactly. need to sleep. You can, put, <laughs> you can put yourself under pressure to sleep, I find. Exactly. If I know I've got something the next day very early on and it's already late, I will put pressure on myself to try and go to sleep as soon as I can. Yeah. Which also is not good for you. But yeah, yeah, Matthew Walker while I sleep there. I'm not going to pretend I've read the book. But I believe that he essentially says that return on sleep investment in terms of productivity, creativity, enthusiasm and efficiency, not to mention happiness, is undeniable. And I go back to what I was saying, I think there needs to be a lot more research upon it. Yeah. Um, And I mean, there are studies being undertaken, but... Yeah, for me, I think it is, like he said, undeniably important. Well, the fact that that book was an international bestseller is yeah, positive because yeah, it yeah. shows at least it's getting a larger amount of people thinking about the importance of sleep, about prioritising their sleep. I think that was a really, really interesting bit because I just want to link it to you know being at uni first and, and that experience. So in his book, uh, Walker actually interrogates the all-nighter you know, obviously it's something that... It's like a, it's like a rite of passage at uni, isn't it? You, you've yeah. got to pull an all-nighter to get an essay done. Done many of them. Yeah, um, everyone has. So I thought it was really interesting. So in a study he did with a control group, he found that there was a 40% deficit in the ability of the brain on no sleep. So actually pulling an all-nighter was detrimental to the quality of work that you were producing. 
rather than getting a few hours and then churning it out almost, it was like, you, you know, when you're doing it all night, you're not just working for 12 hours solid, are you? You know, you get distracted a little bit, da, 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 and then before you know it, it's been 12 hours and it's the morning. Or you're doing it with other people and get yeah. distracted. Mm-hmm. He argues, you know, if you do get a couple of hours, it is actually way more beneficial to productivity than just pulling the all-nighter. Because um, basically, you know, I don't want to go too deep into it, but the, the hippocampus, which is almost like the, the information uh, inbox for your brain. So they were measuring um, the hippocampus in, in, these, in this control group. And those who are sleep-deprived have basically no significant signal for brain activity in that region. Mm-hmm. And it's like the critical region of your brain. Yeah. So you just have, they have zero, zilch. Which is, I just think, for a young, for a uni student especially, that is something definitely to bear in mind. Oh yeah, 100%. I mean, the amount of uh, all-nighters that I'm going to admit that I did, <laughs> it was it was horrible. What was I'm, it? How many were we talking? We're talking like well, over 10? I mean, second year was a lot worse because uh, I think I did learn in third year that they were pretty pointless. And even if you, like you said, you are undoubtedly going to, waste about three hours of an all-nighter by not actually doing any work. Mm. So like you said, you might as well get a little bit of sleep. Although the danger of doing that is if you don't wake up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you so sleep for seven hours, then you're like, oh, that no. one. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's, it's a tough balance, I think. Yeah, and I think kind of straying away from uni, but into the business side of it, um, I think the benefits of sleep efficiency... Uh, effectiveness on work mm. is massive. Yeah. Um, I've been reading a bit about Japan, for example, and Rand Corporation analysis in 2016 uh, essentially concluded that Japan's economy lost $138 billion per year because of a lower productivity arising from a lack of sleep. Really? That, yeah. Oh I, know, I know workers in Japan... Um, work extremely hard uh, so for example they sleep less than any of their counterparts amongst advanced economies an average of 442 minutes per 24 hours so if you compare that with uh, the US for example they're on 528 minutes per 24 hours oh my days so, that's a huge disparity yeah exactly but how do you how do you go about that do you let workers finish when they want to and go home when they want rather than keep them in longer hours and then come in even more tired the next day. Efficiency, isn't it? I think it's hard to put an exact figure on it, for example. I think that is a kind of a, a guesstimate in a way. Yeah, I agree. Because you never know how much more productive you could be. No, no. But, I mean, a question just from, from what you've been speaking about there with regards to Japan... Should work start later? Should school start later? 9am has always been that sort of, that's the time you have to be in for. But but why is that? Why is it 9am? I understand, you know, early mornings productivity. Yeah, I understand. But surely work should be turning more towards a target-based culture rather than hours. You know, you hear the amount of people who are just like, yeah, I just sort of, in the afternoon, wait to clock out yeah, at it's, five. It's like... But why nine? Would you get more work done if you do a nine to five, eight hour shift or maybe half time till half four? Yeah, exactly. Well, Finland for the school, work you did. something we covered with Greg um, in, oh, a, yes. in, in episode 18, I think it was. So the Finnish model of education, is it, they've got one of the strongest education systems in the world, but 
they start at like 10, 10.30 and leave at 3.30 or 4. And when you're at school, you work. And when you're out of school, you relax. But it's also happening in the US as well. Um, mm. So in California, I think school starts in California at 8.30. And they're, they're, they're going to push it back. Because what, what is the point in just being sleep deprived? That when we were at school, mornings were tough. We had to get up at 6.30 Drive in when yeah, we were older. Yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was ridiculous. But so. it, I've just never understood why no one questions why 9. Why not 9.30? Why not 10? Put it to the people. I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. That's a very good question. No one, no one, you know, it's just, it's a thing. It's a tradition. Um, I don't think it's a particularly strong tradition. I think as well, on the, t- on the line of tradition, right... I think there has been, or there still is an idea that sleep is for wimps. Yep. Um, which is often driven from the top of an organisation, I, I feel. Mm-hmm. And people look up to the successful managers and CEOs, for example, who don't sleep that much, which I think it has a bad impact on the rest of the employees. Because mm-hmm. everyone is different. Yeah, 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 you're right. So there's not one answer for everyone everyone should know or have an idea of how much sleep they need and it, it differs so if you're thinking right my manager's oh, he's getting four hours sleep right i need to do that that's the only way i can be successful yeah. might be a complete and utter it's, it's this paradox that we have yeah. like not sleeping means that you're working hard when you could just be working incredibly hard and efficiently and then getting a good night's sleep it's like you hear at these internships at the big the big four or whatever, you know, they just encourage each other to stay later. They're not even doing any work. It's just staying late and then having less sleep. You know, Maggie Thatcher, there was a thing that she got three hours sleep a night and that's something to be celebrated. I think this is why Matthew Walker's book and the work he does is so interesting. It's about prioritising your sleep. And as a society, we need to start thinking about prioritising sleep. The scariest thing that he actually came out with is that you cannot catch up with sleep. Yes, and I that, have heard that. That is actually scary. So that once if you're sleep me, deprived for three years, mm. yeah, you're not you're not just gonna like catch up in, in two weeks if you sleep twelve hours a night. It's not like that. You can make changes so gradually you get back into the swing of things, but it's not an easy thing to rectify. Not at all. See I always thought you could catch up since so mm. I I got three hours sleep last night, that means if I sleep 13 hours tomorrow night yeah, I'll yeah. be I'll be all good yeah yeah but yeah you're right I think once it's gone it's gone I think it's important to realise so that. it's taking taking and, and prioritising your sleep from from now you know uh, not on your weekends um, you know something else that Walker said that I, I thought was really quite noteworthy mm. uh, in this podcast with uh, Peter Atia. so Basically, obviously, the mental health side of it, we've spoken about a lot, you know, being sleep deprived can can give you less energy levels. It can make you feel um, a bit low as well. But also sleep can really aid your immune health as well. So basically, if you're sleeping sort of under four or five hours per night, there's a serious reduction in your called NK cells, which are killer cells, basically, uh, which really help with um you know your immune efficiency so if you're sleeping for sort of under four or five hours per night over a slightly prolonged period there's up to a 70 percent drop in these cells which leads to immune 
deficiency, illness, mm. you know, weakness of the body. And, yeah. you know, think of how many times when you're sleep deprived, you just suddenly become, you get the flu or you get a cold. I think, you know, you do it and then you shake it off and you're like, oh, it's just because I've had, a, you know, I've not had a good night's yeah. sleep. But you can correct that. Yeah, it's up to you, though. It's the it? paradox. Yeah. It's the paradox. But, yeah. yeah, as I said, don't read this before bed because <laughs> it yeah. won't help you relax. I think it's, it's one of them you just dip into every now and then and yeah. read, read Remind yourself. 20 pages, yeah. That's why, but, like, books and, and podcasts about mm. serious things like this are really useful to correct your own behaviour. Sometimes when I know I'm being... My habits are going a bit. So, like, if I'm going on my phone before bed, like, last week, I'll listen to something like this because it kind of jolts you back. And that's what we're hoping this podcast does. It sort of jolts you into action. I've got a question for you. Go on. Do you enjoy napping? Do you like napping? I can't. How come? Because I can't. I'm, I'm learning how to switch off. I've never been a switch offer. Okay. Once I'm, once I'm going, as so you know. you never have well, a, the occasional power nap? I've never had a nap in my entire life. What? No. I, I, I'm not a napper. I can't. Uh, I'll just. I'll just try. Surely you've had and a I've nap. given up. That's I, a bored statement. Okay, I'm not, I might have had one. <laughs> That's a bored but I'm, statement. I'm talking like one. I just. I'm not a napper. I don't know why. I can't just lie there. My issue is with napping is that I, I feel groggy straight after it. It might impact me later on in the day, but the initial. Uh, it kind of it confuses me a little bit. Twenty-seven it minutes. Dazes me. Twenty-seven minutes. But the issue with that for me is that you set an alarm for 27 minutes, but you don't know when you're going to fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might fall so. asleep at 27 minutes. Exactly. You're, you're and then that, right, great waste of time. Uh, Napping is a useful skill as well, if you can. If you can do it, yeah. So companies such as Nextbeat in Japan, they have entitled every employee to a 30-minute nap at any time in the day. So they basically built these strategic sleeping rooms, uh, tactical napping chairs oh yeah so i think that's a way forward but does it make sense if you nap but stay at work until late like what i mean you know what, what's the point that's a good yeah so surely if you're realizing your employees need a nap you should just be like right go home early yeah rather than keep them in work nap and then work more well you know you raised this to me before we came on here like the, the hours of work, like, it just doesn't... It doesn't actually make sense when you break it down. Like, if someone has a lot to do, target-wise, and they have to pull a longer day, that's fine. It's the consistency. So let's say you pull a really, really long day, that should be a little bit of, a, of an anomaly rather than the norm. Hmm. It shouldn't be 8 till 8 every day. That, that shouldn't be the case. Or 7 till 9. You know, you hear, the, you know, that should be a, a sort of a one-off, a one-a-week type yeah. thing. Because your sleep will aid productivity. That stuff you said about productivity is so mm. important. Efficiency will be increased. I'll tell you what, what do you think about... So there are 3.6 million night workers in the UK currently. Really? What do you think about night shifts? Yeah, I mean, ugh, that's the they thing. Are, yeah. I was reading an article about this and apparently they are... I, not deadly, but very, very, very bad for your health. Well, like doctors, though, who have to pull a night shift, that must be so hard. Yeah, the strength, yeah. You must have Honestly, no sleep like, if I, you're in that field, ever. 
Yeah. You could be that, on call. That, that's pretty much like getting jet lag, isn't it? Constantly. Because your body need, should be asleep, but you're not asleep, and it, it causes some serious issues. It's a horrible thought that, you know, we're saying prioritise your sleep, but what if you literally cannot if you have a night shift? Exactly. 3.6 million people. I suppose that's when you have to try and prioritise napping. Yeah, but fundamentally, I, I, I think wrong. it is really, yeah. Sleep should be something, you know, it's something that's in our control. That's what we're trying to, to ram home. It's something that you can change. And if you have the the time, you know, if you are getting home at a reasonable hour and, you know, it's in your control to wind down and, and sleep yeah. well. But I speak to my sister about it last night, you know, we did the poll. I said to her, you know, you get over seven hours, don't you? She was like, no, I go under seven. I was like, but I thought you go to bed quite early. And she's like, the thing is that if I go to bed too early, I won't. I, I don't feel as though I've cut off from work enough. So yeah. you get back from work at six, you, you cook dinner, don't you? That, that's that's a lot of effort. And you finally really put your feet up about half seven, eight. And if you go to bed at 10, you have literally two hours which disappear like yeah. that, don't you? Crazy. And she said, so in order to feel like I have my own time... I have to go to bed later on, so I actually have time to watch the TV that I want mm. to, rather than bed at 10, where did that go? Because I've done yeah. that. I've had three 12-hour shifts in a row working for this bar company. Mm. And, yeah, you, you finish your 12-hour shift, let's say 10. It was in Liverpool, so it was quite, quite a journey. Get home, it's 11. You literally eat something, go to bed, wake up at 9, straight to work again. That's it, back again. And you feel as though you have no time for anything you want to do and that's the thing like people, people hours, do this for their lives work hours should be looked at mm. genuinely I think that should be a thing it's that work life balance being able to go home and being able to I don't know converse with your family and watch something and have a sense of normality is important yeah. and also caffeine as, as, I was actually going to say yeah, to, to finish <laughs> off um, just a couple of suggestions yeah. on how you can improve your sleep if you struggle to sleep like me um you know, how can you improve your sleep? We said leave your phone, that's our challenge to you, but there are other uh, little things that you can do to improve the quality of your sleep and helping yourself get to sleep yeah. in the first place. So, Ross, you mentioned caffeine. Do you recommend drinking caffeine before bed? That's counterproductive, one would say. Oh, I thought you were going to recommend it. Uh, no, I'd say that's probably <laughs> the stupidest <laughs> yeah. thing you could ever do in your entire I life. Those your... Things to help. Quirky things. Uh, Drink a cup of coffee yeah, just, just before, before you sleep. Bed. So you bear just jittering. try and get to sleep before the caffeine kicks in. Yeah. It's a little well, game I play. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, it would be the opposite entirely. Of course, of course. Well, I've stopped drinking caffeine. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't really know much about that. Currently, from my past experiences, especially at uni, going back to uni, for all those uni students out there, mm-hmm. um, I used to drink coffee whenever, literally, whether it was nine o'clock at night, I drink it. And yeah, I, I don't think it helped me at all. No, it didn't. <laughs> You're telling me that as a fact. <laughs> yeah. So I think if you like coffee, try decaf or something. Yeah. I know that might contain, does it contain any caffeine at all? It contains a little bit, the yeah. Tiny but just bit. It's nowhere but near as much. It's just be aware of, uh, apparently certain foods don't help people sleep as well. Yes. Um, obviously, everyone's different. So I know people that eat cheese, for example, and they have bad sleep. Yeah, Night- no, no, they have no, no, nightmares. That, apparently, induces nightmares. That is, um, that's something I've seen um, as well. well. Just with regards to caffeine, okay. though, uh, you know, I I drink coffee. Um, you know, in the mornings, I'm 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 
not as productive as I'd like to be a coffee. I enjoy it as well. I like the taste. I used to, at uni especially, used to just bash, bash the coffees, especially during work period. But something that has been implemented in the past six months, uh, I don't drink coffee after two in the afternoon, but I've actually, as you know, pushed that back even further now. So 12, I don't have a coffee after 12 o'clock because, as Matthew Walker points out, the half-life of a coffee mm. is like 12 hours. So if you can't sleep before 12, it's because there's still coffee and caffeine in your system. But I think it can be a vicious cycle in terms of, okay, you drink your coffee in the day, you can't sleep, maybe because of the coffee afterlife, like you said, the caffeine afterlife. Mm. And then you struggle to sleep, so you don't get that much sleep, then you wake up in the morning feeling tired, which one. then, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 you're right. Maybe it's all a conspiracy. <laughs> the coffee companies are out to get us. Maybe, maybe. Um... I think just as a start, don't drink it before 12. Uh, <laughs> the complete opposite of that. Don't drink it after 12. Mate, Definitely. You made me cough. Uh, I didn't even pick like, up on that. I was kind of nodding in agreement. No, no. Only drink it before yeah, 12. Right, I think right. just if, if you struggle with sleep uh, and you drink coffee, just do that. Again, it, it's a week, two weeks. It's what I'm doing right mm. now. And it does help. Because you've got to think, that's 12 hours in your system. If you want to try and be asleep for, like, 11, you're going to struggle if it's still, you know, somewhere inside of your system. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, don't drink caffeine um, after 12. And alcohol. Booze. I was just about to say booze. Alcohol. Even if I have a couple of pints, I still won't be able to sleep as well as I. I think it's a mental thing, knowing that you've drank it, perhaps. People drink to help them sleep, though. That's another thing. That's, yeah, it's how much you actually consume. Yes. Um, is it enough to knock you out then? Maybe, but... It, an unrealistic thing to say would be cut out booze, especially if you're listening to this as a uni student. Um, it's just not It's just not plausible, I don't think. Reducing is very much plausible. You know, if you, if you are... If you really want to make a change, then I'd say alcohol is probably the biggest thing that you could cut out to improve your sleep. Genuinely. Okay, it, you know it's because you, you you usually drink alcohol just before bed, don't? It's not like coffee where you wake up, you want a pint. You never know. Well, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. And if you do, then talk to someone. Yeah, um, of course. But with alcohol, you're gonna drink it just before bed. Um, and I just think if you really, yeah, if you really want to make a change, I would say cut down alcohol consumption. Yeah, just I'm, for a bit. Something I tried at uni. So some people might be the same. Is we were in a basement flat, so above me was another another flat, but it was their kitchen, so they had a hard floor mm. and they had a little toddler. So honestly, about half six, seven, every single morning, I'd be woken up to clattering of the hard floor, dropping pans, dragging chairs along the floor. I could hear their voices. So I invested in a pair of foam earplugs, which nice. actually really helped. They, Take a bit of getting used to. So if you're if you're a light sleeper, I recommend trying them potentially yeah, yeah. just to help you get that better quality sleep. Very good. Because I know once I wake up, I don't struggle to get back to sleep, but you know thoughts start whirling about. I try not to check my phone because as soon as I read the letters on my phone or the messages on my phone, so <laughs> letters, letters sort of going back say. to the eighteen hundreds. Um, you know that that would just trigger my thoughts, and I start thinking about what I've seen. So I recommend from that little short passage of my speech just then, <laughs> I just mumbled in a little bit, but uh, recommend earplugs. 
Even it. like it an eye mask sometimes. Yeah. I personally don't wear one, but if you struggle with light, mm. so my curtains were quite were white actually, so they they intensified the sun mm. when when it came out to play. Darkness uh, is so important. Yeah, it's another thing that's working out that's underrated. You know, if you have light seeping through, you you, you sleep with a, a little sleep light, don't you? That you plug in. A what? A little sleep light. What's that? Yeah, I know you're winding me up. Do you mean next to my bed? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to read, yeah. No, 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 no. You know, there's little animal ones you can get. I actually don't know what you're talking about. That's what they all say. I can promise you I don't. I'm sorry, I was just trying to bait you out. Yeah, it's it's quite all right. I might look into them. Um, The third thing, as a a little suggestion, is regularity. So this is the thing, again, that Walker really uh, pushes, is Go to sleep at the same time and wake up at the same time. It resets your body clock. Eventually, your body, you know, let's say... So for me, what I'm trying to do is 11.30 till 7.30. It's eight hours. And what the hope is, is after a few weeks, you make yourself get up at the same time each day. um, And then your body is prepared at night to fall asleep at that time. You get in your eight hours. And again, it will take time. You're not just going to do it one night and then that's it. Habits take time. But... That is a big thing, so cutting out alcohol a little bit, uh, sometimes it can be harder to do. Uh, caffeine, don't drink it after 12 o'clock, um, and regularity, and your phone. Mm-hmm. Get rid of your phone for one week, that is the TNS challenge. From your room, no electronic device, for one week. If you tell us you've done that, we'll send you a little gift. Indeed, we have some gifts coming for Christmas, don't we? We've you got said some... the C word. Why are you saying the C word? Some... I know it's too early for that, isn't it? Well, for some people. 27th of November. Yeah, <laughs> How is it the 27th of November? Time flies. Time flies. But yeah, those are the those are the things we want you to take away from this. We hope that you found this engaging and you start to think about prioritising mm. your sleep moving forwards and I think uh, another thing to take away is know your personal we've said this with alcohol smart fit know your personal limits know your balance yeah exactly know how much sleep you need everyone's different so if you see people that are going out getting up for the library at half a fair enough they can probably do that but if you can't personally do that try not to do it don't compare exactly but also you know early mornings is something you know it can be beneficial I love waking up early in the morning, seeing the sunrise, just with my crisp, with my caffeine, fly a little jog before no, I'm cheeky. Yeah, I love it when people are like. I usually wake up when it's dark. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look, we sleep is with with well within our power. So let's think about prioritizing it for a bit. The TNS challenge. Um, we'd love you all to be involved and and feedback. Get back to us, and we want to see um, you know the effects it has. I'd like to shout out to Hannah as well for obviously helping with this and framing this discussion. It's been you know, really interesting. It's something that you know Ross and I really want to start implementing into our own lives. Um, just a little one by Matthew Walker, just to finish on a little quote, he said, sleep is the Swiss army knife of health. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, to end today on our irreverent thing of the day, we have fallen upon our Harry Potter film of choice. This is partly because we saw it advertised on Sky. They're played all over Christmas time. Yeah, they they? are repeated quite a lot. And everyone loves Harry Potter. If you say you hate Harry Potter, you're lying to yourself and (laughs) everyone around you. Everyone loves Harry Potter. So we thought, Harry Potter film of choice. You go first. Um, Okay. 
Personally, I enjoy the earlier Harry Potter films because they are a little bit more innocent. Yeah. I feel the, the, the last three, I can't name them. <laughs> Deathly Hallows, I think. Poplar Prince. Part one, part Deathly two. Deathly Hallows. Order of the Phoenix. Oh, there's part one, part two, sorry. Yeah, uh, right. yeah. so they, for me, get a bit dark and twisted. They kind of really, really ruin what Harry Potter was about. <laughs> Look at the books are dark. Yeah, but I actually put in your picture, yeah. It's yeah, children's, you know, it's, it's children's uh, novels. Yeah, so I'm going to stick with the early ones. I, out of the early ones, I enjoyed uh, Goblet of Fire. That was really, really good. I thought that was well dark. It was dark, but it was entertaining. Yeah, but that I Cedric Diggory like. scene, oh, that, that made Pattinson. me cry. All right, That made me cry, genuinely. It's when not he comes... Robert Pattinson? Yeah, it is Robert Pattinson. It is, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought I got my act Twilight, so. fella. Yeah, apparently I look like him. <laughs> <laughs> You don't not look like him. You look more like him than I look like him. I'll give you that. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, going back to the Harry Potter chart, uh, I'm probably going to go for Philosopher's Stone. Philosopher's Stone, a classic. Because I remember reading it when I was little and I wanted to be involved in it and I thought it was real. The film, looking back, is very cute. Obviously, the acting's not up to scratch, graphics, etc. But... It really captures a young person's imagination. And it's that's where it all started. That like first it. book. And my favourite scene, I'm not sure whether it is the Philosopher's Stone or not, is when you know when the uh, they're in the fireplace at the mm. Weasley's house and they're trying to go to Diagon yeah, Alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, right, you need to say uh, Diagon Alley really clearly. Oh, yeah. And he goes in, he goes, Diagonally. Diagonally. <laughs> <laughs> and he ends up somewhere else. But that's quality. I, I, you know, we all owe... Harry Potter to the Philosopher's Stone. Fantastic. J.K. Rowling did a fantastic job. And yeah, I think it'll be a thing for many years to come. Mine's The Prisoner of Azkaban, just dark. because it's lit. Very dark. That's my suggestion. So, for um, next episode, we have... <laughs> you kept uh, that very short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, well, I'm just probably rambled on Trying to keep much. this under one hour. Um, so for the next episode, we have... Uh, well, Ross and I have a lot of plans in store, Got don't we? Got lots of ideas flying about, content we've been sitting down discussing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of things to come, which is very exciting. Really we want to reach 100,000 followers on Instagram as well. That'll be That's a huge, it. huge milestone for us. But there's a lot of competitions to get involved in coming yeah. up. Uh, a lot of good content, funny content. Crazy. I can't say it, but... Yeah, it's coming. I think, yeah, just stay tuned. And we just want to say thank you so much for all the support we've had so far. All of you have listened, you know, and the new listeners as well. It really means a lot. We've been getting a lot of feedback from people saying how much they enjoy it. And it really means a lot to hear that. So couldn't do it without the listeners, obviously, and thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just yeah. stay tuned. We've got a lot of exciting things coming your way over Christmas. So until then... Keep doing what you're doing. Have a good sleep. (laughs) And and sleep well. (laughs) Sleep well. See ya.